Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman here with Jennifer White. Jen, any good TV yes. you've been watching recently? Or I guess streaming. That's what uh, these days. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of TV. I really only Maybe that's what I know. they recommend is to not not watch a lot. Of TV. I, I mean, quite honestly, it's because I just don't control the remote most of the time. Ooh. So maybe that's just I feel like I don't. That could maybe be like a life first. issue, maybe. Hmm. It could be a life issue. But I will say that on recommendation of both you and our guest today, I did actually have to get Netflix to watch the, this show. I I did watch Our Father. Um, so what? Yeah. tell me, I want to hear your thoughts about it. Oh, well, I did share, um, I did write a uh, article on it. So we can link to that as well. So yes. you can get, everyone get all my thoughts on Our Father. But essentially, right. it was horrific. So Our Father is about the Indiana doctor, fertility doctor, who substituted his own sperm instead of donor sperm or his patient's spouse's sperm uh, and have has what looks like to 100 or more offspring as a result of it and it follows a number of the offspring and their um their discoveries and their attempts to find justice and um yeah i mean i will say from a legal standpoint i was just horrified that the i mean not to ruin the movie but they he essentially has obstruction of justice charged against him like very minor charges and not fraud not something else that seems like it would have been more fitting yeah. Um, but what and, we see from it, yeah, well, I say, so I actually went to, as all this was about to release, I went to a conference and talked to a, I mean, well, not talked to, I didn't get, well, I did do a little bit of talking to them, mm-hmm. but got to listen to a bunch of people who are part of a similar family grouping, we'll, we'll say, like in that they are donor conceived and they may not have known who that donor was at the time. And this is our guest today is one of those siblings from that grouping and they have a very different perspective than the the people from our father did which i found fascinating to to hear both sides of the the same or very very similar coin yeah let's hear it Hello, everybody. We are here this week with Larry Brock. We are very excited. And I know there's a lot of a lot of press about pretty similar stories at the moment. And Larry comes from a similar but unique situation. So I'm going to kind of lead off before you join us. But if you want to say hi, Larry, so everybody can hear your voice. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Um, so there, the obviously the big thing is that the the movie recently, and you and I have spoken about this in advance, was Our Father came out, which is talking about reproductive endocrinologists who, if, for lack of a better word, donated their own sperm to people who needed that needed it. And I had the the pleasure of meeting a few of your family members who are of a grouping, and I'm I don't, don't want to take away your story too much as you lead, but. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and I guess if you don't mind, kind of why we're chatting and why that Our Father story is relevant in your case. Okay. All right. I'm going to start out by saying something that I had said to my uh, partner uh, when I first met her three years ago. Uh, She had a very close family with her two brothers. Uh, who were very close in age to her. They're about, the uh, three of them are about maybe two to two and a quarter years apart. And um, she said to me, just to break the ice, it was one of our first dates. And she said to me, "Um, so uh, how many brothers and sisters do you have? And I was kind of lost with that question because I had just met about 29 of us uh, at a reunion, and um, I didn't want to shock her. And so I just said to her, and it's the way I'm going to lead this conversation off, that I was an only child for 72 years. Wow. And that's all I said to her initially. 
that I was an only child for 72 years. And of course, you can't just stop at that comment. <laughs> right. Well, like what well, happened to 72 years? Yeah. What happened what happened to you at uh, at 72 that changed everything? Well, I'm 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 a couple months away from 77. Uh, I have known this family since uh, I discovered them, uh, not all of them, but uh, about 29 of them. I think I was the 29th sibling to be found. And I um, I was kind of. I was kind of um, amazed, uh, you know. Uh, you, you could be you could be all kinds of emotions when you when you find out when you send in your DNA and get it back and get a very unusual response to it. Uh, and I will yeah. get into that uh, if if you're going if your questions are going to lead in that direction. I, I, say, uh, I would uh, love to hear. I would love to hear about the how that you found out. Yeah. Okay. Um, did I? I didn't quite answer your entire question because you were talking about uh, our father. And, That's okay. And we what, can we can get to that later. Let's let's okay. start at the beginning. How did you find how did you find your your siblings at, at age seventy two? Okay. Well, first of all, my second wife, who has passed in the last uh, three years, she had um, said to me, "I always wanted to know." about uh, DNA and about how that worked, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, how about we send in our DNA to Ancestry? Uh, they're running a Mother's Day special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the holidays. <laughs> run, they, also, they also run a Father's Day special. So it's not, uh, it's not only toward mothers. But... Um, and I said, uh, I said to her, okay, uh, you know, you send away for the kits. And uh, and we'll do it. Um, but I said to her, why do you want to know? I mean, you know that you only had one brother and your your brother died and uh, and, and it's just you now. And uh, and I I'm an only child. What makes you think that uh, we're going to find out anything differently? And she said, well, let's do it anyway. It's uh, it's a sale. It's only fifty nine dollars. I believe it's usually either it's usually eighty nine or ninety nine dollars. And I said, okay, for a savings of eighty dollars, I'll go for it. I sent for the kit. The kit comes. I do uh, the procedure, which is basically spitting into a tube, closing the tube up, uh, putting a, a a name and address on it, and mailing it. And they tell you it takes about two or three weeks to get your results. And, and, and just as an aside, I think everybody, even if they know their family dynamics extremely well, I think everybody should send in DNA to some of the agencies out there that process DNA. It doesn't have to be Ancestry. I'm not doing a commercial for Ancestry. I'm, I'm not doing one for any of the other uh, possibilities uh, like uh, uh, Gen X or, or, or even uh, some of the more common ones. But the, the fact of the matter is that on, the, on May 23rd, I get my results. Now, this was approximately two to three weeks after I had mailed it in. Um, and... Basically, what I found on there is uh, I know a little bit about DNA, not not enough to fill a thimble, but I know a little bit about DNA. And I know that that normally when you see results, you're going to see a list of first, second, third, maybe fourth generation of uh, of family. Um, Maybe generation is the wrong word, but of family. And um, I'm, I'm looking at this and I see that I see first, second and third. And by the way, if, if you don't do your DNA, you're not going to appear on somebody else's DNA because it's DNA generated. So I'm looking at the results and I see first, second, third and fourth. But I also see a category above that that says closely related. 
and I say to myself, self, if, if you're an only child and you don't see any first, second, third, or fourth cousins that look like they are part of your family, but you see a list, and at the time I think there were 19 names on the list, of people that are listed as closely related. Well, what in the world is closely related to an only child? So you have a, you have a choice with ancestry. You can actually uh, correspond with the approval of the person you're corresponding to, but you can correspond to anybody on that list. And what I did is I picked out two people from that list. I'm not going to give names, but I will give locations. One was on the West Coast and one was on the East Coast. And the reason why I did that is because I, I wanted to get a perspective. I, I didn't want to just call. I mean, I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. I didn't want to just call somebody local and not consider somebody on the other side of the country. So I, I, I actually, um, I don't remember whether I initially sent a email out or whether I initially made a phone call. I think I sent the email and basically I said to them that I found your name as closely related on my uh, DNA. Uh, please respond and let me know what this means. And, um, I didn't expect to hear anything because you don't know when you do this, whether it is a fraud, whether it is something that you can use, whether it is something that you can get some information, even if it's not the people you're want, you want to talk to. Maybe you can get some information to talk to somebody else. But either way, I got responses from both people. They were did you get it quickly here. or did it take some time? No, it took about maybe an hour to two hours oh, to wow. hear from so both of them. Quickly, yeah. And um, the, the person that spoke to me first, and again, I'm not going to name names, but she said to me, um, I just have a couple questions for you. You might be my half-brother. I said, okay. Quite a lead off, yeah. <laughs> what, what is your question? She said, were you born in Philadelphia? And I said, yes. And she said to me, were you born between, and she named some dates or ages, and I don't, don't remember exactly which. And she said to me, uh, does that fit your profile? I said, yes. She said, well, I, I'm not going to tell you anything more because I don't want to upset you. But if you want to know anything further, uh, you can get back to me. And she hung up. Whoa. Ah, and, that's <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, OK. And about an hour later, uh, I got another phone call. And this time it was from. The East Coast. And she said to me, um, did you get a phone call? And I said, yes, I spoke to so-and-so. And she said, oh, did she give you any information? I said, very little. She, and, and she proceeded to tell me as much as she was willing to tell me of the story. Um, and I, she said to me, I don't want to blow your your mind or anything i just i just want you to know that that you are uh one of our siblings and i said okay um and and you know the, the interesting thing about our family dynamics is not everybody believes it and and that's a very interesting concept the the, the believing part of it and sometimes you get um a next generation person to respond, meaning a niece or a nephew, before the, the actual sibling responds, because 
The sibling, again, it depends on their age. It depends on their family dynamics, which I will get into uh, as we go along, uh, what I mean by family dynamics. And, and basically, um, I before I hung up with uh, the second phone call, I said to her, listen, I believe everything you're telling me. I, be I was an only child for 72 years. I always wanted a sister. Um, I'm in. Whatever, you're, whatever, whatever you're selling, and I didn't use the word selling, but whatever you're selling, I'm in. And she said to me, you know, you are the first of us that has accepted your situation as quickly as you did. And she said, I'm very happy about that because we don't always get that response. And I said, I said, my pleasure. I, and and uh, that was the start. That was May 23rd, 2018, my $59 investment. And that was the beginning of it all. And um, there was a reunion. Now, this was in May of 18. There was a reunion. There was our, fir our first actual reunion was, um, or maybe it was the second. I think most of, most of the 29 that I was talking about met in 17, 2017 or earlier. Um, so I actually joined maybe a year into the process. Okay. And okay. I want to talk about the family dynamics and all that in a little bit, but do you mind going back first and talking about, you know, cause you said there's a story you're not going to believe this. Some people don't believe the story. Do you mind outlining a little bit about what the, the story is? Okay. Well, the interesting thing about our story and it's what makes it so unique and so unbelievable and so honest is the fact that in every other story that you hear out there and they're there's they're cropping up all the time the concept is basically young people maybe as early as teenagers maybe as late as 20s or 30s that through dna discover that there are um, brothers and sisters that they never knew about, that their family never told them, and um, they they have to digest this, and they either digest it favorably or, like in our father, they get angry. Now, the reason why it's the the age concept is is so important is that if you're in your teens, you may not be out of high school yet. You may be thinking about college. The last thing you're thinking about is, do I have other family members? In your, in your 20s and 30s, you're, you're thinking about the possibility that you need to create yourself a career so that you can earn a living. And you're not thinking about what's going on with the outside world. And is there other people out there, aliens or otherwise, that, that can claim you as, as, a, as a family member. But when you're in your, I'm going to say, 50s, 60s, and in my case, 70s, when I found out, and, and my father had died the father that I knew died when I was four years old. So I didn't know him. My bio dad, sperm donor, I don't care which concept you want to talk about, whether you want to talk about a bio dad or a sperm donor, is, is um, he died in 1992. So you have a, at age 90, by the way. And and the interesting thing about it is I had nobody to go to like they did in that in in the in the triplet story, which were the teenage boys 
or or the or the R family where the where the most of the participants were in their 30s and I believe the girl that was the lead actress in the story uh was uh 35 um not not actress but yeah. actress it really was yeah it's a, yeah it really was, well, yeah. It, it, let's call her a live uh, sibling then um you know it it's a whole different concept and, and, and the concept for me is, as I'm getting older and as an only child, and, you know, you kind of wonder, who is going to be there for you? Uh, who, is going to, who is going to support you? Who is going to be able to give you uh, maybe the, the, the assistance that you need? Now, um, this was in 18. Uh, in April of 19, my second wife died. So uh, the, the loneliness would have been even more so than it, than it actually was when I found out in 18. So the, the idea that you now have family and, 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 the, and let me tell you, the, the, the difference between the ages is so much stronger as an older participant because, you know, everybody's got issues. Everybody's got something that's going on with them. And uh, it was just phenomenal how everybody came together and, and everybody was happy. And why was everybody happy? Because we all came to the realization that without this bio dad, we wouldn't be here. And that's all I'm going to say at this very moment about how how I felt and how and how it worked for me to be discovered when I was. Sure. No, that's that's completely fine. And so, I mean, I know you want to talk about family dynamics and um, that so we can loop back around and talk about how you all have you know, your relationship started how you interact together and also i i'm always curious and I, and I know the answer but i'll ask so that you can give me the answer is where are you in the pecking order as, as far as all the, the oldest that you know of yep so <laughs> i i am so you're the, the big I brother am, i am the oldest male and okay. um and let, let me let me tell you without getting too specific um and and maybe and maybe i really shouldn't talk about my bio dad, um, because it may just give him away. And I don't know at this point whether anybody wants to know um, out there at, from the family uh, who the bio dad was. But let's just say he was a doctor. And his profession was a... Um, such that that uh, that DNA and um, infertility and uh, everything that was involved with that concept of AI, artificial insemination, was out there for him, and uh, he came up with the with the theory that had to be tested, of course, that when two people married, wanted to have children, and couldn't. And in my mother's case, uh, she was 19 when she got married. And at 28 is when she first came to the conclusion that I want to have a child. And that's what drew her to the idea of going to her gynecologist and she lived in South Philadelphia at the time so she was near some major hospitals um, in the area uh, that she could have uh, shown up at um, and again we're talking about Philadelphia Center City Philadelphia and and so we kind of um, you know, even though she never told me this story, we we were able to piece a lot of this together. We meaning the family, um, and uh, and we were able to figure out 
who we were, which is another thing that makes us a little bit more unique. We have the expertise, and not my expertise. I'm, I'm my, my background is that of a CPA. Uh, I, I know nothing about genetics. I know nothing about DNA. I know nothing about uh, artificial insemination. <clears throat> but we have a number of doctors in the family. And between a couple of lead people that were very big on the idea of genetics and the doctors who knew enough from medical school uh, about the, the, the subject matter that uh, we piece together a lot of things that maybe is lost on, a, on another group of people that, was, that, was, that came out full force in our case. Plus, we had the cousin or nephew, I should strike cousin, nephew of the donor that was also a participant in our group. So, and I, I can't, I'm not going to get into why he got involved, but he did. And he graciously got involved. So it, the idea of age, the idea of, of, of knowledge that, that enough of us had, that we could piece these things together. You, you the, the other stories out there are, are pretty much stories of people that are so shocked by the concept that, that their father might not be their father. Uh, that and and their father in the in the most cases, uh, if if the if the sibling is in their uh, teens, twenties, or thirties, most likely the father is still alive. They just can't grasp the idea that this is this is happening to them, and because they can't grasp the idea that this is happening to them, they think of it as a fraud, and they immediately think of the of the of the doctor as the enemy and the doctor is not the enemy. The doctor in, in my case was the savior for my mother and for me because I wouldn't be here. Yeah. That's a, a very unique and different perspective on that for sure. Especially the, the age piece. And I mean, I can't obviously speak to your, I mean, I, I did go to a, a conference where I heard some of your siblings speak. Um, it's very interesting. I, I know you can obviously only speak to your own experience in this, but you know, you said your father passed away when you were young, and it, it sounds like you didn't find out until after your your mother was gone. But would you have asked her if you if you had known while she was alive about the situation? Um, that's that's a question that was never asked me, and 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 so I'm going to answer off the cuff. I'm going to say that I probably wouldn't have asked her. I probably would have waited to hear whether she was going to tell me the story. And, and the reason for that is the fact that it, I may not be able to ask the right questions. I, I mean, you, you don't just say to somebody, well, I don't think, uh, you know, you were the couple that, that uh, produced uh, me. Or, or, or however I would have worded it. Uh, can you tell me the story? I, I don't know how I would have worded it. So I, I probably would have waited to see whether it ever came out. Uh, even, but even on my mother's deathbed in, in 2002, she never told me. So uh, I, I actually am very big, which is a whole other podcast, but I'm, I'm also very big on mediums and, uh, and, and, not, and not fortune tellers, mediums, uh, people that speak to the dead all the time and not because they um, took a course sometime during their career and, and, uh, and got enough uh, information to, to think that they were a fortune teller. I mean, somebody, some medium out there that tells you that they had the gift from birth, those mediums, 
that's who I, I went to a medium uh, several times. And the last time that I went to a medium, I actually asked my mother through the medium what her story was. And in death, through a medium, I found out the whole story from my mother. Oh, okay. So, I mean, at least it wasn't that she wasn't trying to hide something from you. Oh, she was was trying to hide something. Oh, (laughs) okay, fair. She was trying to hide something. I mean, you know, when you, she didn't die until 2002, which means I was um, 47 years old, or was I? I, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to think about arithmetic right now. All but right. That's okay. Uh, I, no, I was actually 57 years old when she died. So this is not something that uh, that I was too young to comprehend. This is this is something that she could have told me had she wanted to. And the other question that I that I get all the time is, did your father know? Right. And um, the answer to that is, I don't know. But what I do know, and, um, and this is important, um, I know that my father would have done anything for my mother. And at 28 years of age, <clears throat> if my mother had said to my father, I want to have a child and and uh, and my father would have done anything in his power to make sure that that happened, whether it was from his own sperm or whether it was from another person's sperm. I, I don't think it mattered to him. I think what mattered to him was that his wife was happy. Right. And that's, I think, incredible too. That I mean, that's just, that's a beautiful part of it. And obviously yours is a little different. I know a lot of your siblings either still have living parents or, uh, or, or had recently passed parents. So have, have had to grapple with a slightly different level of that conversation. I, to that end, a lot of um, people who are grappling when they're younger dealing with this is a lot of the things that they're frustrated about is their genetic information. It, have you had anything in your, your life, in your history that you go, oh, I would have answered that differently had I known the, the genetic history of my paternal side? Well, the interesting thing about it is the, the reason why my father could not father a, a child is because of diabetes. And he had diabetes, um, I won't say from childhood, but certainly from teen to young adult and i mean he died at age 42 so obviously he didn't just contract it in the last half a dozen years of his life he had this for a long time and and i think even though he might never have been tested for sperm count i think he was pretty well aware of his type 1 diabetes enough to know that there was a good chance that he couldn't father a child. And uh, because of this, um, I think, um, I think he, he, he lived his life uh, a lot differently than, than possibly he could have. Um, and he was quite a bit older than my mother when they got married. I think he, he might've been as much as, 10 years older than her. So, you know, the idea was not from his standpoint, oh my gosh, my my uh, my uh, wife wants a child. His idea and I'm I'm guessing that he was close to 30 when when uh, my mother uh, might even have been in, uh, closer to 40 when when my mother said to him uh, I want to have a child. And uh, for him, you know, if he could, he would have done it, you know, as quickly as, as she said, let's do it. Um, and, but he, I think he knew, I think he knew what was his fate as far as uh, being a, uh, a father. And um, it just uh, became very interesting 
the 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 whole the whole concept of my story. Um, but okay, um, that's that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Can can sure. I ask? Did did your father? Did you ever sense that he treated you? I mean, in retrospect, differently than if you had had that genetic connection? Um. No, I, I think I think he was very protective of me. Um, I I know the only the biggest inc- the biggest I won't call it incident uh, I, the biggest occurrence that I remember uh, about my father uh, is that um, I used to play in uh, a concrete driveway in the back of our house in a blow up. Uh, swimming pool, um, kitty kitty pool, not a not a uh, not a major pool, a kitty pool, and I know that he used to be outside in a uh, a web chair, <coughs> and um, and he was just watch me, and he wouldn't move as long as I was in that pool. He was there to watch me. So if anything, I, I think that he considered me a miracle, whether it was his child or whether it was somebody else's. I think he considered it a miracle, and I think he was going to watch over me no matter what. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. So fast forward, obviously, you talk about your, your new current family dynamic. You know, you, we, we started touching on it earlier, and you said, you know, you had that first reunion. What is the current size of your sibling grouping that you know of to this point? And, well, and what's your current dynamic? We're currently 56 people. 30 male, 26 female. Um, for the longest time, every time we found a male, we found a female right after so for the longest <laughs> so for for the longest time if i said we were 44 it was 22 and 22 um <laughs> it's only been in the last year or so that uh the the males sprung ahead of the females so we're, we're the males are four up on the females right now um it's it's the dynamics is 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 amazing and and mainly because we have we've always had a website a private website that we would correspond with each other um we always had the ability to have a, a reunion we've had one um uh every year that i know of even though i did not participate in the first one the first one was in Philadelphia uh, in 2017. And by the way, our reunions are always the weekend before Father's Day. And I was once asked, why is it the weekend before Father's Day? I mean, if Father's Day is so important to you, why isn't it Father's Day weekend? <clears throat> and the answer to that is because there are still fathers that grew up with our siblings that are that are still alive and still do not know whether the our siblings know of their story or not so we we want to make sure that anybody who still has a father that they celebrate father's day is there that weekend for their father that they know and and grew up with. I mean, think of it this way. If you are in your 60s, and a lot of us are in our 60s, um, and you knew this person 60 years of your life, and all, all of a sudden, because of DNA, somebody says to you, you know, he he is is your father because he raised you, but he's not your biological father. I mean, that would blow everybody out of the water if if it was said that way. But the way the way we the way we handle it, I mean, when we find a, a new sibling, we are always so supportive 
if they want to know about us, I mean, some some of them, I mean, I, I can I can name if I wanted to several people that I have called on the phone and said or not called on the phone. I'm sorry, uh, emailed them and said to them, listen, you know, I'm because of DNA, I'm your oldest brother <clears throat> or and, and I don't call these people my half siblings either. They're my brothers and sisters, as far as I'm concerned. And I uh, and I, I I can't I can't imagine. I I have written to at least three or four people uh, that show up on my uh, DNA with ancestries, and I've said to them, listen, if you want to talk uh, about your situation, uh, I'll be happy to talk to you. And uh, so far, the only ones that I have gotten any kind of response from are not the siblings that are, that would be my sibling in my age group, which which in our case is let's say fifty to mid seventies is our age group. Um, you know, I'm getting responses from the next generation, my daughter's generation saying to me, um, you know, I, I know my, my, um, my father is not ready for this, but, um, I, I want to know more about what, what, uh, what your family is all about. And I've gotten, I've gotten, uh, texts, uh, on, on ancestry like that, asking me, um, what are what are what are our family dynamics and and uh, I I I normally tell them in a fairly long email um, what they are and I always say to them listen we we can we can talk about it anytime you want and um, so far I have not gotten anybody from the next generation to To actually say that they that they are going to participate as a next generation, because the interesting thing about our concept is it's not just our siblings that are our family; it's our siblings' children that are our family. And in the case of my daughter, who is fifty-two years old, I have a grandchild who is. 21 years old. So we're not talking about just when I, when we talk about our family dynamics, we're not just talking about our siblings, our 56 siblings. We're talking about the siblings' children and the children of the children. Wow. So, I mean, our, our dynamics, we're, we're, talk, we're not just talking about 56 people. Even even at this point in our lives, we could be talking about at least 100, 150, maybe even 200 people. And uh, it's it's the same thing. I mean, my daughter is very active in the I was going to ask, what group. does your daughter think of all of this? Oh, she loves it. She loves it because at 52, she's older than maybe three or four of our siblings. <laughs> so she loves it. Uh, I said to her, um, uh, are you coming to the reunion this year? And the reunion, by the way, is in less than a month. It's uh, June 10th to June 12th, uh, which is, if you looked at a calendar, a week so before Father's Day. Away. Yep, exactly, right before Father's Day. <laughs> and uh, and I said to her, are you coming? I said, I, I don't expect you to come to the entire reunion, but we have come to the, uh, to the uh, sibling and next generation and uh, next generation siblings. Well, that, I'm sorry, next generation children. Um are are you are you coming? And she says, "Yeah." As a matter of fact, I'm coming with your grandson. Oh so, wow! So he's so, also so, interested too. So I'm, I'm I don't know how interested he is, but he's coming. <laughs> and and uh, so in my case, I'm going to be coming to a reunion in less than a month, where 
where I'm coming, my child is coming, and my grandchild is coming. So it's 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 a great dynamic. Uh, everybody gets everybody who uh, is let's say either interested, fascinated, or um, marveling at what goes on with us, we, we, they, they participate and uh, they participate wholeheartedly. No, nobody's saying, but, but what happened with this? What happened with that? Why is this this? No, they're all happy to, to be here and they're all happy to be involved. Can I ask, is there a number or a point where it feels like it's too much? So a lot of countries limit donors to not being able to donate to more than a certain number of families or to have a certain number of offspring. How do you feel about those limits or whether you think there should be some or if there's a number that makes sense to you? Well, in, in, in our sibling group, um, there are very, very few of us that are not or were not only children before. There are situations, though, where uh, after one child was born, uh, they decided uh, to have another child by artificial insemination. Uh, in, in, in most cases, it was through the same sperm donor. In one case, it was uh, a completely other sperm donor. So this particular uh, family that has two children that were both of uh, my siblings, well, one was my sibling because, because of, of my sperm donor. The other, even though she's technically not my sibling because because neither parent uh, was involved, she, she still participates because of her of her brother. So you know, there's there's a lot of, lot of things that are intertwined and, and going on. But the the answer to your question is, uh, I don't think there should be a limit. Um, I think um, if, if the if your idea is um, for a couple who want a child to be able to have a child and and then uh, maybe decide that they want to have another child, uh, I don't know in any situation where there's been three children born uh, by artificial insemination, but I do know about two and. Um, I I don't think there should be any kind of limit. Um, and can I, I and know. I think one of the, the arguments and the reasons a lot of times people do argue towards that is, you know, the consanguinity, you know, like that you might run into a sibling that you know. Did any of you now in retrospect either run into each other or know each other when you were younger that you were aware of? Okay. Um in my case, one of my siblings, and and at the at the moment I don't even know which one I'm talking about because I I can't picture them. I mean when you when you're when you're talking about a family dynamic of fifty six, you're trying to visualize uh, a situation, and in this particular case I can't. But she had said to me at one point in time that she knew of me because of something that happened during my life uh, that she, I don't remember whether we actually met before we found out, but I knew of her. Interesting. Okay. You guys have so much and I think we could probably talk to you all day so that's why I want to kind of stop at this point and we may have to have you come back and talk to us again but you have such an incredible story and what I really love about it is the amount of 
love you have found for each other and have for each other so so quickly and and how accepting you have been of, of this this situation so we really appreciate that you have come on and and shared shared your story and your perspective with us all right i'd love to come back uh, guys uh, i think uh, i think there's a lot more to be said uh, but i want to if if uh, my two other brothers are participating I'd like I like their viewpoint out there, uh, which Absolutely. may 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 even bring for you even additional questions that you uh, maybe haven't thought of. Absolutely, uh, maybe we can get all three of you back in together. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I the only problem is we have so much to say. I don't know whether we won't be uh, uh, having enough time for each of us to get to get everything said, but. Uh, Hey, look, we can we can do this uh, every month, every two weeks, every week. I don't I don't care. I mean, this is this is good stuff. Excellent. And I, and well, I think and I think it should be out there. Yeah, of course. And we we thank you for coming on this time, and we will absolutely work on getting you back again. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to Larry Brock for sharing his story, sharing his thoughts on his very unique and fascinating family. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a very different, there's a lot of sides to the exact same coin and it's nice to hear both the, well, I mean, his perspective. And then obviously there's the the perspective that is in the, in the movie that is out there or documentary that's out there right now. So it's refreshing to hear two sides of the, the same tale out there portrayed. So thank you very much. We appreciate the openness. We, we know that there's definitely some family members who may not want to be so I also know how careful you you had to be to straddle that line. So we really appreciate it. Um, Speaking of appreciation, what what do we appreciate, Ellen, more than anything in this world? Oh, chocolate? Wait, oh, oh, for our listeners to leave reviews and to reach out and to check out the Facebook community page where you can follow up with our guests who join as well. Absolutely. That is exactly right. And also chocolate. And coffee. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Coffee might win. So, <laughs> um, but thank you, thank you, thank you to our team, as always, to Tyler, to Melissa, to Amanda, and to Janelle, who, again, they show up for us every week, and we, we really do appreciate them so very much. And thank you to all of you who, who listen and, and keep coming back and making our community stronger and making everybody not feel so alone. So thank you very much. 